Hello, well, welcome to the podcast Friends, Music, or Nothing, a podcast about my musical journey and all the friends and relationships I've made along the way. I'm your host, Andres Salomon. And welcome to today's special episode. We have an amazing guest, an amazing friend of mine. Uh, this guy is a mixing engineer. He's actually an assistant to James Krause, who is a Grammy award-winning uh, mixing and engineer um, professional here in, in Los Angeles. He is a guitar player, a great guitar player, I will say. He's a piano player. He also is a graduate from Oregon State with a degree in business management. But besides the business management, he is also an amazing, uh, of course, mixing engineer, but he also has great taste in music. He has great sensibilities of music. He is kind, he is generous. He has um, an amazing acoustically proofed and um, treated room here that we're standing in. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, give it up for Mr. Aiden Tillman. Thank you. <laughs> hey Aiden, welcome to the show. Thanks, thanks for having me. Thank you for being on here. Um, by the way, we are here in uh, recording live from Los Angeles. Mm -hmm. right? from, from my bedroom professional studio. Yes, here in Silver Lake. Yes. Repping, you know, all, from Portland to Silver Lake, right? Yeah, That's the, exactly. From... Uh, from Trillium Lake to Silver Lake, right? Well, even though that's not where no, you're from, but, yeah. <laughs> but I was trying there to There is find. Trillium Lake. There is a Trillium yeah, Lake yeah. In, or in Oregon, right? I think so, yeah, yeah. I think it's like an hour and a half or so. Yeah, out of, somewhere out, out of Portland. But yeah. But yeah, thanks for being on the show, Aiden. Thanks, yeah. Thanks. I, uh, <clears throat> I'm, I'm up here um, for work with my wife, and um, I had a free night, so I hit up my buddy Aiden, and I wanted to um, interview him because, again, he is um, a person who I consider a dear friend, but also someone who I consider like a great, um, not only colleague in music, but also a professional in the the field and what he is um, just embracing in, in his career in this time of his life. So yeah, thanks. Thanks, Aiden. Yeah. So um, again, as someone who is a, not only musician, but a someone who's working on their career in um, Los Angeles, in the epicenter of the music center, um, why don't you tell me, how did music meet you? Tell me about your first memories or your first introductions to music as itself. Um, well, I started playing piano when I was nine. And I don't, well, my, my parents really like music. They're really music-like. Um, they've, they've seen lots and lots of shows. They love going to shows growing up. They're kind of like metalheads. Yeah. They, they still are, <laughs> even though they're in their 50s now. Um, they've seen Metallica like nine times. Come on. I love it. <laughs> yeah. Master um, of Puppets has dude. just hit like number one recently because of Stranger Things, right? Yeah. Did you hear about it? So it's like, yes. it's funny. Oh my god, Dude, gosh. that music never dies. I mean, no. it's it's classic in a no, sense. No, they're yeah. like the greatest metal band yeah, of all time. They and are. they pretty much always <laughs> will be. But, um, so they're just fans of music. I had CDs uh, around the house. Uh, we listened to them in the car. So I have was always exposed to music from my parents from a young age. Um, and then I don't really know what interested me in the piano to begin with, mm -hmm. but I, I did. And then I took lessons. Um, nice. and then took lessons for a couple of years. Uh, and then at 12 years old, I picked up guitar and I took lessons for a month uh, from this guy at my, uh, from my church growing up. And, um, he left on a missions trip, like 
a month or two in, mm. and then we never picked it back up. So I would say I'm self-taught in guitar yes. because we didn't really he didn't really teach me any fundamentals <laughs> within a month or two. Yeah, you know, like once a week sort of lessons. Um. So yeah, I I self-taught myself guitar. Uh, kept up with the piano. Um, so I kind of did them both. I, when I picked up guitar, I really, I liked it a lot more. Yeah. So I kind of, I had a piano around the house, but then I, um, you know, I, I would always teach myself guitar songs. Yes. Yeah. Uh, got really into like the fingerstyle guitar people. Come on. Um, well, who were some of those? Andy McKee. Yeah. On YouTube. Ah, yes. Antoine Dufour. Uh, Candy Rat Records, that record label. Yes. With all the like crazy guitar players. Um, I learned a good amount of their songs. And it's self-taught. I would lock Dude, myself in my dad's office and just learn those. <laughs> Were you able to do the, yes. the slapping and the yep. tapping and all that? Yeah. Dude, those guys, especially, I remember Andy McKee. Yeah. Especially like, and I, I like really like appreciating his music, not just like it being a novelty, but him actually being a, an amazing like instrumental songwriter. Yeah. Know? Well, I feel like a lot of those guys didn't really go mainstream because it's just acoustic guitar music. That's not really going to, you know touch the pulse of society <laughs> but um a lot of those those guys were really talented like melodic songwriters yes like you could hear like the like if there's a vocal it would be a really compelling vocal. yes yes exactly like it's the melodies are fantastic yeah so yeah i i played piano and guitar um i never considered music to be something i would pursue with my life yeah. um Fast forward until high school, I got, uh, my dad bought me a little audio interface and yes. he pirated the, one of the first versions of Studio One for Personas. <laughs> and Do you remember what interface he got you? It was a Personas interface. Oh, wow. It was okay. like one of the first iterations of like their home studio, yeah, yeah, like yeah. two channel uh -huh. interfaces. And hey. he bought me a mic, uh, the Rode NT1A. Come on. Um yeah so and, like and pirated that, software that's like everybody's like first mic is that the road nt1a well yeah or like of course a, a 57 but i think like sure for like something a little bit more um advanced than like a right. basic you know well when you know nothing and yeah. then you see this is a studio condenser <laughs> microphone yes, exactly. you're like oh my god, guitar center that's like the whole package with the pop filter with the pop and, filter, and everything yeah it's 200 yes, or yeah. something and that's what you get so I had that and I would just mess around and not take anything seriously. Then, but I got interested in recording. Yeah. And then I made little like beats here and there and recorded myself playing guitar. And then one of my earliest memories of like an audio engineering, uh, like what's the word? Like a, like a fundamental yeah. was my dad. When I, when I printed the audio, my dad was like, hey, the audio is like really quiet. And I was like, huh, that's weird. And then I figured it out that you you, you have to have a limiter on your oh, audio to make yes, it loud. Yes, yes. So I was like, okay. And then that kind of sparked. I was interested in recording, but as a musician mainly so. Yeah. And then after that, I was like, hmm, you know, audio is cool too. Yes. So after that, um. Real I kind of yeah. Sorry, quick question. Um, do you think because you were you were um raised in Portland? I was raised uh, just outside of Portland. Outside yeah. of Portland in yeah. um in Newburgh. Newburgh, yes. Yeah. 
Shout out Newburgh. Shout out. Hey, it's a great, it's a great little town. I spent yes, lots you've of been time there. there. Yes, yes. Lots of times. <laughs> oh, yeah. But do you think, um, because I have heard that the reason why like the London explosion happened in the sixties. And of course, you know, England keeps having these little explosions of music that come overseas. What is because of the weather? So there's a theory that I've heard that because it's always rainy and dreary in London, that musicians and artists have nothing else to do but spend time inside and write about their feelings and, you know, have um, a lots of environmental um, opportunities to hone in on their craft. Did do you think being from, you know, a rainy area let, gave you a lot of time to focus in on that? I think so. Yeah. I've never thought about that. <laughs> it's something but, I, I just thought about right now as you were saying, oh, but I was like, but I was like, yeah. I thought you were like quoting some like, you know, academic theory. No, I, I did hear that that theory, the London theory, but I'm curious if it's connected uh, to um Portland and of course like Seattle, Pacific Northwest pretty much yeah. because of course they're on the same like latitude. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. I when you thought of that, I when you said that, I thought of Seattle and the yeah. grunge movement. Yeah, yeah. Because the grunge was extremely angry and sad and <laughs> yes, Seattle is yeah. a very sad rainy place. Yeah. Um, so I, yeah, I think so. That, that probably played into it. I was also an only child growing up. Mm -hmm. So I, I found a lot of like interest in things that would keep me busy. Yeah. And I think maybe that's why I picked up music because I liked sort of like taking the time to teach myself something or, yeah, yeah, yeah because I didn't have a sibling to play with or, um, you know, if I was at somebody else's house, you know, that was just what that was that day. But if I wasn't, then I'd have to entertain myself. Yeah, exactly. And especially after like 12 years old, when my parents were working until five and I got home at two 30 from yeah. school. So like a lot of my preteen years were teaching myself my instrument. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, and I think, yeah, because Portland's a almost equally rainy place as Seattle, so <laughs> yeah. I think that you know I I'm a pretty indoorsy person as a, a consequence of being in it, <laughs> yeah. of being in Portland and being an only child. So um, yeah, I think maybe you're onto something. Yeah, I I was just putting that two together because I do feel like too like a lot of of course there have been movements from the Pacific Northwest. I think. Yeah. And I'm more curious if like that was tied to them and if that was tied to your musical upbringing and, and yeah, and it, it probably of course, was a lot of factors, but I mean, if that was one of them. Yeah. Well, it, it probably was, but I didn't think yeah. about that. And also small town, quote unquote, not necessarily, but you know, outside oh, yeah, of Portland. Dude. Yeah. Uh, Newburgh, town was like 18,000 people yeah, growing up. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So it's not like, you know, there's a big music scene or any x y and z thing that happening there no there's one music store <laughs> yes yeah and, Literally one, and one. one coffee shop yeah. and one coffee yeah. shop yeah yeah chapters <laughs> yeah shout out chapters shout out. <laughs> and the music store yeah sorry so continue so in high school you were uh working on starting discovering audio recording yeah um guitar player piano player yeah um i just i did that on my own I, I never joined band or anything, um, which kind of surprises a lot of my friends yeah. now because a lot of people like grew up in high school band or college band. Yeah. Um, I did not do any um, academic music oh. um, in high school. Um, 
I took a, a guitar class in seventh grade, <laughs> but I'd already been playing and teaching myself Andy McKee songs. Yes. <laughs> so unfortunately, my seventh grade ego kind of inflated. Yeah, but everyone like, is everyone is playing like uh, you know, uh uh yeah, they're learning buttons and you're playing Rylan. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I'm tapping all over the guitar, like not to toot my own horn, but like I'd I can I could have played those songs as a you know, 12 years old. Yeah. My other friends were playing like, you know, they were like, oh, I can play back in black now. <laughs> yeah. They were so excited. Yeah, exactly. um, so oh. I didn't want to rain on the parade. Yeah, but yeah exactly. I did. Um, but, but yeah, so I just, I kind of kept my instruments as like, yeah, I'm a musician. And mm. that's like, if people ask me about myself, I would always say I'm a musician, but I didn't like show it for, for any like, reason or like yeah i didn't do any high school band or anything yeah 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 yeah, yeah. um turn 17 18 i had to decide about college so i chose a school that was close to home and easy that you know i didn't really want to pursue any crazy academic fields i wasn't interested in like the medical field or in engineering i was interested in physical therapy actually for a, a, oh, a little bit oh. i shadowed a physical therapist yeah, and yeah. I, I liked it there their job was different every day and it was challenging and yeah. um, they had to solve problems and stuff like that. So, which is kind of a similar thing to audio engineering. Yeah, exactly. Think about it. Exactly. I was about to say, like, you're yeah. like a physical therapist for, <laughs> for, for audio. For audio. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You're exactly. literally fixing and diagnosing yes. and improving and yeah. rehabilitating yeah. problems that need to be solved, yeah. you know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Actually, yeah. That's, that's a good that I remember that. Um, yeah, every, everybody's brain is, you know, wired towards some things, yeah. some way of thinking. Um, so, yeah, I guess I was always interested in kind of problem solving and challenging. And I like puzzles growing up and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, so you've always been like uh, a king to like pro the problem solving. Sure. Yeah. 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 Well, that's, that's also like a very creative uh, attribute yes. of like finding the solution to yes. something that well, doesn't have an answer in a sense. You know? I think what has ultimately drawn me to mixing is that it's almost like the perfect bridge between a, a technical way of thinking and a creative mm. way of thinking. Yes, yes. Because in mixing, you there is some problem solving. Like you have to cut out things that are problematic to your yeah. song and to certain groups of instruments. But then you also have to remember what a genre needs yes. and yeah. what the artist wants. Yeah. And you have to bridge the gap. So it's, it's kind of using, you know, to use a simple analogy, it's using your right brain and your left brain. A hundred percent. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And that is what a great mixing engineer yes. is utilizing. That's, yes. I feel like the thing, cause it's like the artist is all uh, left brain, right? Left brain's the creative, like the very abstract. Uh, or the, was that right, right brain? brain? Yeah, sorry. Yeah. Right brain is all creative, all creative. And left brain is like, you know, like you're a... All logical yeah, thinking. Like a yeah. scientist or something, you know? Yes. And then like that mixing engineering is like a, a, you know, it's a musical scientist. It's a creative... Yeah. It's endeavor with using problem solving logic and theory and mm -hmm. that's that's very true that's that's very true I, I never really thought about it like that but yeah it is kind of like the best of both worlds yeah in terms of music yeah yeah and i've met mixers who are on like skewed towards one end they're like 
really creative without a lot of like technical fundamentals mm. or they're too fundamental without yeah. any creativity. And that's not really what you want to be. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Because if you're too creative, you're going to miss some technical things that are, you know, clouding up the, you know, the frequency spectrum or something yeah. like that. Or if you're too logical, then it's going to sound too clinical. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it's not going to yeah, have any movement and musicality. Yeah. So, yeah. That's really good. But anyways. Yeah. Back Sorry, on topic. Continue. Yeah. 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 I went to college. <laughs> Speaking of logical, you went to college. <laughs> Speaking of logical, I went to college. Um, I, I think I chose business because I knew that it was general and because I didn't really, I, did, I was not thinking about music as a career at all. Really? Not at all? No. Not, not as a 16, 17, 18 year old kid? Like, no. Wow. No, because I didn't really even know that mixing, that people were out there mixing huh. music or recording music for a living. Yeah. I knew that there were musicians, but it didn't, I guess it never really occurred to me that there's a whole like sect of music that is just on the back end, you know, creating albums. Um, I, I would always just, I was always interested in how it sounded, but I, I didn't really think like, oh, how did it get there? Like who, who put all of this together? So I just kind of chose business because I, I knew I should go to college, I guess, because that's what your parents tell you to yeah. do. <laughs> My dad said that he went to business school and he liked it and it was general. And, you know, if I finished my business degree, I could choose a job from like a lot of different yeah, fields. Exactly. You always have that, that background. That's exactly. Like, yeah. yeah. So it was easy to choose something at the end. Um, I did not like business school. <laughs> it was it was easy, so I just I didn't really try, and I yeah. passed all my classes, and um, it wasn't like you know Harvard Business or anything where it's yeah. actually competitive and people are trying to start their own businesses, and uh, you know there were kids that took it seriously, but I never. It was it was an easy degree to get by, mm -hmm. but I I did take. I did like start a minor in music mm -hmm. because, you know, I, I wasn't really thinking that I could do this for a living. So I guess I just kind of took it for fun. Yeah. And then with the music minor, I did a year of theory because that was the requirement that any um, different uh, sub major or whatever you call it, um, required a full year of theory before you start your other classes. Yes, yeah. And actually, I'm extremely grateful that I took that year of theory because now I have much a much higher understanding of music and how it works and structure yeah. and the musical numbers and yeah. like how how different songs move and chord changes and uh -huh. all that. So I can now be in a studio or listen back to a song and I I don't struggle knowing what key it's in <laughs> yes, to what yes, to yeah, put auto tune yeah. at, yeah, at yeah, this yeah, key yeah, or yeah, whatever. Like, like I don't have to call them and be like, hey, I'm not a musician. Like yeah, what, what yeah, key yeah, is your what, song in? Um Yeah. You know, it's like what's the relative minor or like or what progression yeah, are you exactly, using? You know, like exactly. Dude, I, it's funny, interesting you say that because I feel like um again back with theory, even though theory is like it's the building block of music, you know, mm -hmm. it's the language in a sense if you know how to speak that. Mm -hmm. But music theory is like turning music into math in a sense it is like it is. again another example of that of both a little sides bit, yeah. working together 
for a creative endeavor, but using, you know, the tension of both of both parts of the brain. Yeah. Yeah. If, if I wasn't interested in audio, I would probably really enjoy theory. Yeah. That'd be it. I could, I could see you totally being like a, a music theory professor or something like that, you know, maybe. Like, yeah. But, um, I now know that I don't need past <laughs> a certain theory limit. Yeah. Like I don't really understand jazz or like any complicated theory of like chord borrowing and uh, yeah. improvising out of scale like and stuff like Jacob, that. Jacob Collier no, type no, no, of no, stuff. No, no. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't yeah. understand that anything that comes out of his yeah. mouth. <laughs> um, but that, yeah, like I can, I can hang with yeah. like, if, if I was in a recording session, like, and they were playing an instrument, I could tell if it was out of tune or I could tell mm. them like, Hey, that, that chord's wrong or something yeah. like that. Like I can, I can hang in that regard. Yes. Yeah, totally. So I'm super grateful for that year of theory. Yeah. But I took one year of the audio engineering classes. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm doing quotations Quote, with quotes. my hands right now. And cause at Oregon state, you're not going to get some crazy professor who knows a ton about audio engineering. Yeah. The guy who was my professor was kind of like, a too like left-brained kind of guy. Uh, okay, yeah. Like he knew like Pro Tools really well, but he wasn't really a musician. He did like he was just a very dry guy. Yeah, and he didn't teach very well. Huh. Um, so I I hated Pro Tools. And for those of you uh, who don't know, Pro Tools is like the standard yeah, that's software. That's the industry standard. Yeah. Um, used to mix and record music. Um, wow. Especially, especially for engineers. So you, I hated Pro Tools. Dang. I was I learned Studio One because that's that's what my dad yeah. bought me. So were you still using Studio One up to this point? Yeah, college. Okay. Yeah, I had it yeah. on my Windows laptop. Yeah, um, <laughs> and I would just mess around. Um, so yeah, I took that year of audio engineering, and then that is the summer where I met Troy. Ah, okay. And yes. then this is probably where we could get into your second yes, question. Yes. But so this, yeah. So that's right where. Well, real quick, tell us about your your time with Troy before yeah. we talk about how we met. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um. So, Troy Wellstad, he is kind of my first mentor of, like. So, we met because I had a mutual friend, um, from both of us. It was my worship leader at the church I grew up in, Olivia. Yes. He had produced a record for Olivia. I think I think they went, they met when they were both in college. I don't know if they both went. Uh, Troy went to Azusa Pacific. Oh, nice, yeah. And then, I don't know if Olivia went there too, maybe, but um, they met in those years. And then they've been friends for a long time. Yeah. So Troy has produced a couple of her like EPs um, for her artist project. And Olivia had told me because I, I played in church growing up. Um, that's how I kind of learned to play with people and be in a band and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, and so, that's not a lot of musicians. Dude, everybody who I've interviewed has, has, has played in background. church. Yeah. Yeah. Even if they don't believe in God anymore, yeah. it's like, <laughs> yeah. that's, that's where they start. That, I mean, and even the greats, you know, Whitney, yep. you know, Luther, like you, yep. you know, you hear all these legends, you know, Stevie, it's like. Oh yeah, they all started in the church. But yeah, real quick, when you were playing in church, were you playing lead guitar or just rhythm? Both. Or bo okay, yeah, yeah. Because I, I, I know when I when I met you, you were you had a, a little bit more of that lead. Not that you were a lead guitar player, but you were playing more, you know, of the lead lines. 
of sure. electric. You, you, you know that you had that background in terms yeah. of like what you were playing in, at church and stuff like that. Sure. And yeah, I guess when I was when we were producing uh, music for your church, yeah, um, I, I was kind of help like you were you were writing like ninety nine percent of it, but then. You know, as as the engineer in the room, I would I would inform you on like your tone choices. Yes, and exactly. Occasionally, yeah. like, hey, what about this note? Here? Yeah, or or, or something like pedal, that. Pedal sound design kind of yeah, choices exactly. in terms of guitar. Like, yeah. So yeah. I, I feel like you had a good understanding. That's why yeah. you had a, a lot of knowledge about yeah, yeah. that avenue, and especially since we we're focusing yeah. on songs that had that yes. that as a primary, um, you know, focal point instrumentally. You know? Yeah. So about like thirteen, fourteen, I. I was definitely playing like piano and acoustic guitar in church. So yeah. acoustic would always be rhythm, of course. Um, but as soon as I bought an electric guitar, that was, you know, good enough to be on stage and not <laughs> yeah, sound yeah, like yeah. A, some digital <laughs> piece of you junk. You play like a pod. Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Back oh, when, they were, when they were like the red bean. Yes. You know, like the little. Well, my first electric guitar was an Epiphone Les Paul. Which is not a bad guitar. Yeah, that's. And then um, some digital version of a Vox, like kind of, it kind of looked like an AC15. Yeah. But it was all digital. Okay. Like, yeah, yeah. There was yeah, like yeah. 15 different like simulations. <laughs> oh yeah, and like yeah. all the onboard like uh, effects. onboard reverb yes, and yeah. delay. I loved it. Yeah. I hey, that dude. I feel, I, I had the same thing except um, a crate. Oh yes. With all the onboard <laughs> effects and exactly. and. and Amp, quote unquote, air quote, amp emulations. You yep. Know? Yep. Everyone Before they got that. it right. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> so, well, real quick, you weren't, you weren't in, of course, like um, high school band or jazz band, no. or anything, but you were in worship band during high school. Yeah. So, yeah. So, yeah. That was so, yeah. I guess that was kind of my, a little bit of an opportunity you got to like, yeah, to yeah. Get your feet wet in music exactly. settings. Yeah. So, yeah. One, once I got um, an electric guitar, um, I, I would play lead in, nice. in the band. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's, I guess that's where I learned. Yeah, that's good. That. And then, um, at Troy, yeah, so you, you, you sorry, you left off, you 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 linked up with Troy. Yeah. And then what happened after that, after you guys met? Right. So, so Olivia had told me about him. She was like, oh man, you, you're interested in music. You, you gotta meet my friend Troy. He's like some amazing professional producer. He does music full time. And she had told me he's like played with Taylor Swift before. And I was like, oh my gosh. <laughs> yes. This is crazy. But I didn't like, I didn't like take that opportunity right then and there. She probably told me when I was like 17 or 18. Yeah. But then I didn't meet Troy until I was 21. Mm -hmm. So it was actually my dad who reminded me. Oh. She was, he was like, hey, uh, I don't know what your plans are for your summer after it was after my junior year in yeah. college i was looking i had some summer jobs um i i did wine bottling and then oh yeah newberg newberg's a little wine a little, little wine, wine country yeah. yeah um so i did wine bottling and then i did um i did a month with young life which is a ministry oh nice yeah um yeah. a month at their summer camp the next year but then the following year i was i didn't know what to do i didn't really want another summer job i didn't really want to do uh, in Young Life again, my dad was like, "Hey, you should hit that Troy guy up." And I was like, oh. "You're right." Yeah. And then I sent <laughs> I sent him an email, and then he responded like a week later, and was like, "Hey, let's meet up for coffee." And then we met, and he was like, "Do you have a laptop?" And I was like, "Yep." It's like, "Do you have Pro Tools?" And I was like, "Oh 
<laughs> no, hey, I don't. Studio one. <laughs> no, I don't, but I can get it. Yeah. And he was like, great. And then he, so fast forward, fast forward after I've learned about who Troy really is. Mm-hmm. He, he's a producer, uh, amazing keyboard player. Yeah. Amazing. He's toured with Pink and Hilary Duff yeah. and Brooke Frazier. Brooke Frazier. Um, Taylor well, Swift. I, I, he didn't was tour with Taylor Swift. Or he played a show or something. Like that. He he probably did, but yeah. maybe or like a, session. a one-off yeah. or something. Yeah. But he's also a great session musician too. And oh yeah, yeah, dude. If anyone's ever serious about getting a real piano yes. recorded, yeah. or a real Hammond Check out organ, Troy Wellstead. Yes, and he's an amazing. Pay him whatever yeah. he asks. Yes, and you'll just, get your money's worth. You'll and get more. your money's yeah. worth. <laughs> he's one of the best. Like anyone I've ever talked to who's re- who's recorded with him. Or asked him to do, especially organ, the yes, the yeah. B three. He is like a one at that. Come on, he's got the right mic hey, set up. Troy, yeah, too. Yeah. Anyways, um, so I interned with him, and then I I I quickly realized I was always interested in, in recording and engineering, kind of as a whole, but I didn't hone in on the mixing quite yet. Mm-hmm. Um, but then he he kind of sat me right in the hot seat. Like first week, he was like, all right, you got to learn the Pro Tools shortcuts right now. <laughs> and I was like, okay, great. So I learned, you know, shift command end and like all the basics, yeah. got them out of the way. And then within like a month, I was sitting down at the Pro Tools chair with uh, like his clients in the room yeah. and I was operating Pro Tools yeah. with, while he was producing, uh, you know, playing keys or telling me or the artist like what to do. Yeah. And then the artist, like I was just at the chair like within a month which feels like super fast hey but you he threw you in the deep end but you you learned how to swim exactly. that's the thing you were kicking and exactly and moving yeah and a little bit more about troy he he loves having interns and he loves yeah like bringing someone up and teaching them and he's well. so good at like fo- yeah fostering and building that confidence yeah. and kind of like hey like let me throw throw you in the deep end and like you oh can yeah do this like i you know and he's very and very encouraging, but also very, he gives you a lot of real, real experience at the same time. Yes. You know? Well, because he's actually doing it for a living. So everything that he's going to teach you is real world stuff yes. that you are going to use yeah. because you, you have to. Mm-hmm. Like, if you're going to be an audio engineer, you have to know Pro Tools, yeah. like the back of your hand. Yeah. Because um, the last thing you want is to not <laughs> is know Pro to Tools. Not know, yeah. And I have another story about me not knowing <laughs> Pro Tools. Quite as well as I should, <laughs> but that's for maybe later in this yeah. episode. But um, yeah, he he's a very generous guy, very, and the yeah. the whole reason why I'm here and why I know you, yes, and why We're I here. have a living yes. in music is because of him. And if shout I shout out Troy, shout 100%. out hundred percent, yeah, yeah, I wouldn't be he here. Is the, con- he is the the catalyst. Yes, and he's the catalyst a, for, for a lot, lot of people. people. Yes, yeah, yeah, um, especially in Portland where. The music scene is not as vibrant as LA or even Seattle yeah. or San Diego or anything. Um, he's one of the best. Up well, there. I feel like he was a he was a connector and he was like a home base for people who were creative and talented but mm-hmm. didn't have a place. Mm-hmm. He was like, "Hey, I have the resources, I have the tools, I have the exactly. time and the space." Yes, and you know, like that whole. Dude, that whole, uh, I, I still think about, and I still like, I'm always curious, how can I implement some of the stuff I learned from just being around that, uh, the, um, 
the collective, like the creative collective where the oh, songwriting yeah. weekends and yeah. stuff like that. We'll, we'll talk about that. Yeah. But it's like, dude, I felt like that was so innovative and in, especially in Portland. Yes. Yeah, of course, I'm, I'm not saying it was an, like he started that because that's something that people in LA were doing, but no one was doing that right. in Portland. Yeah. And well, especially not Newburgh. No. Yes. <laughs> not, even, not even in Portland. Not even in like, Portland. No. He, he brought that idea from his friends here in LA. Yeah. A hundred percent. Like he, he not only like innovated, but he like started it and he also like built it, you know? Yeah. And yeah. To, to describe what we're talking about, Troy would put on these songwriting camps where yeah. he would invite a certain number of people, not too much or not too little, somewhere between like 12 yeah. and 18 12 and, yeah. or like so. Less than 20, but less than 20. more than, more than, yeah. Enough to where they could split up in a reasonable number groups. Yes. So it would always, it was always at his house and we would choose four rooms, one of them being his main studio. Mm-hmm. And he had a B studio as yeah. well because he had a shed that worked perfectly for this. Yeah. Like a little mini studio. Yeah. Right. But then he would use like the living room and then like the the front room. room. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. We would have like four studios and then he would say, all right, we're here for three days. And each like groups of four, like three to four or whatever, you would have to start writing a song, recording it. Yeah. Putting it all together in one day. Yeah. And have it, have it done by 6 p.m. Have it done by 6 p.m. was like turn in time and also presentation time. Exactly. Yeah. And also he would also do a good job. I thought it was like an engineer, a singer and a musician. He had a good, a good combination of those three. And it's like, all right, you have from 10 to six. So you have what, you know, eight hours Mm -hmm. to do something. Right. And it needs to be done by this time because we're going to present it. Yeah. And the best song of the night is going to like, you know, be recognized. Right. Well, yeah. Well, there, there was no competition, but, but there was, I love, there was no competition, but, but subtly he, you, you got into like this competitive edge in a healthy way yes. because you're like, you would hear what was going on in the other room or at the end of the <laughs> yes. night, you heard what people, what people you didn't know were doing. And you're like, Oh crap, I got to bring my A game the next day. You know, you're like, like Oh shoot. Their 808s are freaking <laughs> yes. insane. Yes. We got to turn ours up right yeah. now. Yeah. Or like, man, they, uh, they, they, you know, they, they, or like someone did a whole, like an amazing, like, and like, Oh, ours is just acoustic and singer, like singer songwriter. We need to like, someone did like amazing production and like yeah. hip hop or like funk, you know, like, yep. like a lot of pop too. And it was like, mm-hmm. dude, those, those little writing camps were amazing. Like yeah. they were really like pivotal and transformative for my time in Portland. Like, yeah. Like, sorry. Yeah. So, so, um, so we should talk about how we met. Yes. Because it's, it's, it's along that time. So you, we met actually. So as you were saying, you were hired, you were hired by, you're sorry, you were interning for Troy yes. for his um his clientele. Yeah. And one of the clienteles was us. Yes. <laughs> yeah, so you should describe how you met Troy yes. and how you got in contact. Yeah, so I actually was um Paul Ra- Ramey from oh. Imago. Was Paul involved? Yeah. So um Anton um so me and me and my friends and my wife, we all moved up to Portland. We're starting this um this church plant in St. John's and someone put us in contact with Paul Ramey. Is that how you say his name? Paul yeah. Ramey? Yeah. From Imago. And they're like, Hey, which is a church. Yeah. Which um, Imago day. And they actually Imago day, like had this reputation for being a very, yeah. They're like, a very creative artsy, artsy focused, yes. like community. Yes. Um, didn't they have like some like 
uh wasn't uh one of those christian labels humble beast from there yes yeah so like propaganda they, they had some roots in, I don't uh, know. yeah yeah, yeah. propaganda propaganda um mm-hmm. uh what's that group there's a there's a bunch of like like mm-hmm. local christian artists and hip-hop and uh yeah. poets that were like part of this like collective that yes. have roots in imago yes. and so like we should ask them so paul rainey we met him at heart coffee over there in hawthorne yeah uh, no we're, burnside we're, burnside yeah it's on burnside yeah. where where troy troy was before yeah he well he lived to... two blocks away from there yes yeah so literally paul rainey was like hey like uh you guys um again someone someone talking about troy again troy being this like staple in the city of like production and engineering and musicality and it was like he was like yeah you guys got to check out this guy named troy like um if you guys really want to like you know if you guys have ideas for songs or work work on a little ep um talk to troy he's a great producer he's produced stuff for us and as he was talking about about troy troy walks into heart because he goes to heart every single day (laughs) yes and we're like oh my gosh this is a sign but of course troy's yes a great uh he's a coffee kind of sewer yes um and as many people in portland are but um um we 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 see him and we talked to him right away like hey man like we were just talking about you like we'd love to do a project with you Mm -hmm. like you know like let us know like what your rate is and let us know like how we can work together and he was like yeah for sure so we got in contact with him we sent him an email and we met up at his at his place in burnside then he was like i'm actually moving to newburgh in a couple months let's reconnect at that time and then we'll work on the project for you guys so we're like, okay, yeah, let's do a single together. And we walked into this this studio, and it's when he he'd finished Studio B and of course Studio A, which mm-hmm. he renovated. And then, and you were there. I was there. Yeah, you were the engineer yes, of the day. I was the engineer you the and, whole time. Um, it was Troy. You and what's the name? The other guy. Ryan. Ryan. Yes. Oh my gosh. Yes, Ryan. So it was you three, and um um yeah we wrote our we had a song that we'd written and so troy helped us produce it and you guys were engineering and it was mm-hmm. room at the table mm-hmm. and it came out great but we we did a whole thing we did like drum production we did mm-hmm. guitars troy was vocal keys. days yeah. yeah we did vocal like in terms of like almost like a lot of ad ad libs and choir like choir stacks in a sense yeah, yeah. of um of vocals and stuff and your engineer you were doing that we, we played the roads and stuff like that and yeah. you're like plugging all that in so that's yeah. how we met aiden yeah and then after that troy invited uh me to to go to the writing camps he's like hey we have these writing camps if you guys want to come right and i started going to them and that's when me and you started like hanging out more right and connecting more because yeah. we were in the same groups and yeah and um and then of course i would sometimes come up to newburgh and just like hang out and yeah just chill and dude that was that was really cool because i felt like we had opportunities to like um explore different things mm-hmm. inside of this camp which i love because we had um you know again this these weekends and these times to like really explore the musicality and we found out that oh yeah we like a lot of the same you know we have a lot of mm-hmm. similar tastes in terms of like we love pop we love mm-hmm. live uh, on r&b yeah we love r&b we love yeah. hip-hop you know yeah and stuff like that so yeah that's like how 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 we met yeah like initially and and i and i thought it was i thought it was it was great yeah yeah well yeah yeah. i um 
Well, backtracking a little bit, I I had told Troy almost like first week or two of interning with him, um, he had like told me like, hey, I got this project, like mess around with drums or something. And I was like, okay. And then I made some like EQ moves or something and like some fader moves here and there, just balancing different drum mics. And it was like a live drum kit. Yeah. And I was like, I've never mixed live drums before. Like, you, <laughs> he had like twelve different mics, you know. Oh dang! And I was that, like, oh Studio man. B, right? He had that. Yeah, that, okay. yeah. He had a drum set up in Studio B, um, and he he immediately noticed that like I was I was thinking about it like an engineer. I was like mm. trying to find problems and like, you know, I, I I knew that mixing was something I would be interested in, but I didn't know that it would be the thing I was most interested in. Mm, okay. So, you know, I, I was a musician and I, I've been open to like being a producer as well and maybe like a tracking engineer or something like that. Yeah. Um, but as, as soon as he like sat me down to like really mix something, I was like, this is this is what I like. So yeah. was, was there a specific, real quick, uh, was there a specific moment when you were like, okay, everything kind of like fell into place in terms of like, not only is is like my desire for for this like skill um like growing and it's turning into a passion and a little bit maybe of an obsession but was there a moment where we you're like this is what I want to do well or was it like built on a lot of small moments it was kind of built on some small moments but i i think it was a little quicker for me because troy is a producer Mainly, he yeah. he can mix as well, and he's a yeah. good engineer. He's a, he's a very good recording engineer. Yeah, yes, um, but he doesn't really call himself a mixing engineer primarily. Yeah, but he he can. He's so, a producer who can engineer. Yes, but I I do feel like I mean you know this, but like just working with Troy, it's like the way his brain works is like a producer. Like yes, the way his ideas are come and the way he's he a fully follows, fledged producer. Fully, yeah, like who he understands the, the ideas and he knows like. How to make the song the song. Yes, you know? exactly. And because he's a producer, I was in the room with uh, with him for writing sessions and producing sessions. And, you know, stuff where mixing, you know, would always just come later. Um, of course, you, you don't always want to say like, okay, don't worry about the mixing. We're going to do that later. Like, yeah, a lot of modern day production is a mix as you go sort yes. of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, I knew that I I just knew that I didn't like being in that room as much. Like I enjoyed mm. it. I like the energy off of people. I love collaborating, but I'm kind of an introvert at heart. And yeah. I, I just liked when I was sit, sat with the music and all the ideas had been uh, flushed out. Yeah. And I was like, okay, but now how do I make this a song that sounds cohesive because you know everyone falls in love with a record like yes. a finished production yes, exactly yes a finished record that's what everyone falls in love with so i i got more interested in how to get there how yes. how to finish a record not how to start a record yeah and so you you wanted to put that last 25 exactly. 30% the yeah. polish yeah and buff it out and you know detail everything exactly um you know to this day i I haven't given up the idea of producing, but I haven't produced in many years because yeah. I introduced myself as a mixing engineer and I'm perfectly happy with just mixing every single day. 
and because um, a lot of people they they're kind of a, a lot of music music industry consists of people who like introduce themselves as like they can wear all the hats. Yeah, they're like. I'm a producer, mixing engineer, mastering engineer. <laughs> I can record. I can play guitar. Yeah, I can, I'm a drummer. Yeah. I'm a drummer. <laughs> yeah, singer, songwriter. And guess what? There's there's a lot of people like that, but very very few of those people well that yes. can actually do them all well. Yeah. They do exist, yeah. but they're kind of unicorn people. Yes, <laughs> but it's like the jack jack of all trades is the master of none. Yes, isn't the master of, of you know? It's like. That that's exactly true, I, and I think a, a lot of like even you, well even your background, you can do a lot of things, right. but the fact of being good at one thing, that's the thing that takes you really right to to the, the mountain top. Yes, and, yeah, sense, and, and another thing that sort of eliminated producing and being like a session player or something like that is because I met like session level guitar players, yeah, and I was like, there's no way, like the the stuff that they're coming up with on the fly. And their technical skill yeah. is something that they they play guitar every day. Yes. Yeah, they yeah. they learn how to play guitar in a studio setting or in a live setting every single day. Yeah. And that's what it takes to be a professional. Mm-hmm. So I knew that I was never going to get there as a guitar player or a piano player. Yeah. And I was perfectly comfortable with that. Yeah. I I knew that I could maybe produce, but I especially knew that mixing, if I put my mind to it, I could definitely... Yeah take that the farthest did you feel like that was like your niche where it's like everything not only the opportunity was there but also like the combination of all the skills that you learned from being a nine-year-old piano player kid to right like was it the combination of everything did i feel like that was it wait sorry what was the sorry did did mixing feel like it was the culmination of, of everything that you've learned from from the moment you picked up piano to 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 discover kind of. mixing, you know, in a sense, yeah. like I I think there is a sense of like when you when you find your thing, yeah, you know, not that you're, that has to be define you, but then when you find something, like, oh, this is something I can actually be good at and find like make my mark and like mm-hmm. have progress and build something off of this. Mm-hmm. It's like oh, it makes sense that everything has like led up to this moment, right? Did you feel a little bit of that, or was it? Yeah, well, I. Again, I feel like a lot of that was just process of elimination. Yes. Oh, no, no. Yeah. So yeah. to put it. Yeah, totally. Yeah. yeah. Because, you know, if you're interested in music, you definitely should. I, I would encourage young uh, people interested in pursuing music as a career to try everything. Yes. Like, try producing a song. Try writing a yeah. song. Try uh, recording it. Like, g- get some, some cheap gear and try making it. Yeah. Try mixing it. Yeah. Try playing all the instruments on it. Yeah. Like, if you if you know, like, man, I just I don't understand the drums at all. Like, that's okay. Doesn't mean you can't be a producer. Exactly. But yeah. um, just try everything, and then if something like really sparks your interest, just keep that in your back pocket and keep keep going. Like, keep trying everything. But eventually, if you, I feel like if you really want to make it in music. You have to be really good at the thing that people hire you and pay you money to do. Yes, exactly, dude. And, that, and that's a good that's a good way to frame it. I love that. It's like a lot of times, maybe, and even I like to frame the question this way, which I feel like now that you mentioned it, it's another way to think about it. But it's like sometimes it's like there's a you feel like there's a lightning bolt moment 
Yeah. And I think there's a little bit of that, but it's also after a long process, like you said, of, of eliminating a bunch of things, you know? Yes. Like I, I'm talking about another episodes where I really thought like I wanted to be like a singer songwriter and like, right. I'm not a singer. Like I can kind of sing like, right. but I'm not a singer. And like, I had to eliminate that. Exactly. And that was that, you know, I had to figure that, oh shit, like this is not. I'm not, <laughs> yeah. I'm not a great singer or like exactly. a session guitarist too. Like I, I can play guitar and I like to play guitar and I like to focus yeah. on that, but I'm not a session. There's, I know male guitar score better than me and I'd exactly. bring them on for something that I know that they can do that I can't. Right. So that's a, that's a good way to put it. I, I like that, that it's like you eliminate so many things and then you realize the thing that's left standing is the thing that you really love to do because you're still holding on to that at the end of the day. Yeah, you know? exactly. Dude, like my friend, Jacob, he, He's one of the best guitar players I know. And he he plays stadiums with a few artists, but um he he's on tour throughout the whole world all the time. Yeah. And I remember the, one of the last times I talked to him, he was like, "Man, I just feel like I'm in like this guitar rut right now." <laughs> and I was like, "Dude, you can shred better than anybody I know, but if you feel like you have room for improvement, obviously that is your thing yes like, exactly that's there's a a fire that burns mm -hmm. inside you better than anything else like yes yeah he's also a great writer and uh, uh he he can write songs and he can he can sing too yeah but he's obviously like guitar is Guitarist the thing is, that people yeah. know him for people pay him the most money to do and yeah. so that's that's kind of a good that's example good. That's, yeah. yeah that's a good way to put it yeah dang that's good i like that that's a good a good um, yeah, yeah focus but yeah so so you are realizing this process of elimination. Yeah. That mixing is is the thing that you want to do. And you discovered that with Troy. With Troy. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So by the time I met you, I I I loved being in the writing sessions and in production sessions too. But um me and, and Troy knew this that yeah. mixing was a thing that I I knew I wanted to learn and really hone in on. Yeah. Um so Troy would always like have me over when he was mixing and he yeah. would show me like his tricks and uh, stuff that he would learn from his friends. And cause he's not like, he's a good mixer, but he's, he doesn't mix like a person who mixes every single day. Yeah. 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 So, but he would, he would, he mixes as someone who has that in their tool belt. Exactly. You know, but, but he would teach me everything he's ever learned. He was like, Hey dude, look at this. I, I learned this from my, from my friend, Steve. Like yeah. if you, if you put echo boy, like at this setting and you, like he would just, he would show me different little tricks that he's learned. Yeah. And w like opening up those tricks and tools. Like I was like, oh man, that I, I really want to know like why that works yeah, and why it doesn't work in another scenario or like yes. why, why this one move when you made that, we felt like the whole record jumped another level yes, or something like that. So, so in those sessions, those sessions were, Nobody else was in the room, and it was just Troy and I. I was like, "Yes, that's that's what I want to know dope. how to do." Um, real quick, so what are, or maybe at this time in your life, let's just say you're twenty one, twenty two. What are some um, records you're listening to as you're growing and becoming more interested? That you're like, this is where I want to be. What are some records that you're referencing that you're like? This is, if I could be this, um, I would be so happy if this was a, go a goal I could achieve in terms of like, of, 
of albums that are, are mixed that you consider at that that you consider at, at, as a 21 22 year old that you were considering as like oh, this is like so records i was listening at that time yeah at that time that you that you were trying to achieve hmm. in terms of or that you looked up to yeah Mi- mixing mastering records that are like heroes to you at that time does that make sense yeah. yes yeah. well one of the records that troy and i kind of both discovered at the same time um that is one of my absolute favorite bands nowadays is a band called now 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 uh comma now and it's just like they're not like a huge band by any means they're kind of an indie band yeah but we troy and i just fell in love with the music we were just like oh my gosh this it's so cool it's like it's kind of like indie pop like it's kind of synthy rocky pop yeah and it's got this female singer that's kind of a lower set voice and um just the production is so like cool and dirty and like vibey and really like energetic and i i didn't really you know you know i i kind of think of that record because listening back i actually don't think those mixes are like my absolute favorite they're they're not the cleanest they're not the most precise Mm -hmm. but they're extremely musical yes and yeah all that comes forward is just the raw energy of the song and i was like i don't care if i don't absolutely if the mix isn't as perfect as the whatever top 40 pop is out there yeah by the best mixes on the planet but if i if i can achieve this feeling with my the moves that I make in the mixing process. Yeah. That's what I want to know how to do. That's cool. That's because dope. that that's all that matters. Yeah. yeah. All that matters exactly. is that, because in that is band, the feeling. Yeah. In a band like that, that is absolutely the right thing to do. Dude. So it, it's interesting how, like how many records if like people really thought about it, like the mix is what really adds. It adds that, that lift that yes. you can't you can't describe it because most people are like, oh yeah it was you know these frequencies came up and you know this went down it's like you just like no like whoa at this this album made me feel a type of way and I exactly I, it sounded it felt like it it felt like a dream or it sounded like you know all these adjectives that describe you know things that are bigger than, than exactly. the technicality things you know which is like felt exactly. useful or whatever or like amazing or joyful you know it's like mm-hmm. and it's like that is like the goal it's funny how like that's like the goal isn't like, yeah. For for all of the all of the like lo- logical and uh, technical yeah. stuff you have to do to create a goal that is so like abstract in a sense. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's well, a really cool thing. Yeah, it, like yeah. if I was making that band, I would I would try my best to put away my left logical brain and just think about what what makes this band this band mm-hmm. and what makes these songs pop and like you have to and i think that's a a good lesson for every mixer is that you should mixing is a service Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. you are in service to the artist and the producer and whoever's spearheading the song and the process of whoever holds you know the rights to the song yeah whoever created it that's who you're working for and you really have to put your ego aside and because a lot of mixers they'll be like a lot of famous mixers they'll be like i got famous for this record now i'm amazing 
and yes. people are going to hire me for me now. Yeah. But I think if you want to be like my absolute favorite mixer is Manny Mariquin and he, yes. he is a chameleon. He yeah. like just right now, he makes the new Kendrick Lamar album. Come on. Which Dude, he did. Yes. Dang. All of it. No, it sounds so good. And he's also mixing the 1975 right now. Oh. Complete and other side of the spectrum. Uh, yeah. Dude. Whole different sound. I love that. I love people like that yeah. where they are in service the to that. The versatility is like, yeah. The versatility just, is through the roof. Through the roof yeah. yeah. So that's what excites me is finding ways to make all types of music. Yeah. Like really sound what the artist and what yeah what for the, what they are yeah yes. for what they are yeah dude i love that that's so good yes yeah, so and I, that's really what like it is at, at the end of the day just like a musician's like the like desire is to like create something that didn't exist to connect with people or to like express something you know it's mm -hmm. and they, the mixer's like job is to like accentuate that and not be noticed but also uh be in service and to just um you know, amplify whatever yeah. the the desire or feeling emotion is behind that. Yeah. Well, that's that's honestly a perfect word. Yeah. Amplify. Yeah, amplify. Yeah. Just because there's a vision to, to every song, every rough mix that a producer makes or an artist makes, there they the the idea is always going to be there. Yes, yeah. Because when they when anybody sends off something to a mixer, they they won't send it off unless they're excited about something. Yes. Uh huh. Uh, like uh -huh. E even if they know it sounds terrible. Yep. Even if they know they can't mix for squat, like <laughs> they're yeah they 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 will never they'll never say this song is complete and ready for a mix unless they're excited about it. Exactly. 100%. So there's obviously something there. Yeah. Exactly. So, You're right. They're, they're, and it's, and it's my job yeah. to understand what that is and to to meet them there and to yeah. take them there. Yeah. Exactly. And if I don't understand it. I, I will usually call them yeah, and be like, Hey, I, I noticed this, like in this chorus, like is, is the guitar the main thing? Yeah. Is the, or is it all about the vocal or do yeah. you want the vocals tucked back? Like there's all different avenues that I have to understand. And if we, if we get on the same page, yeah. the mix gets a lot yeah. better. I like that. Yeah. That's good. Dang, bro. I feel like we're going, we're going deep. We're going like <laughs> philosophical, theological mixing, but it's true. All this stuff is like, it's, mixing the stuff, is it's the stuff you don't, it's the stuff right underneath the surface, you know, right. It's like on the surface, you see plugins, you see yeah. frequencies, you see all this stuff, but underneath yeah. it, it's, it's all the feeling. It's all the, the yeah. it's all what the artist is dreaming of and like what exactly. their vision is, you know, and like I, I try amplifying and that. Yeah. Yeah, I try and close my eyes when I mix as much as possible. Dude, I love that. I don't care what's on the screen. Like I don't care what it looks status, like. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, so, yeah, every, everybody falls in love with the record probably on headphones with their eyes closed that's and exactly, just smiling. Yeah. You or know? like, or like, on a walk or like mm -hmm. driving and not even looking at their phone or even like thinking about it. It's all yeah. subconscious in a sense, you know. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. Um. So let's talk about real quick how how we met even more like our relationship and our connection because yeah i love that like so after we produced that single with troy yeah right um we i was at those writing writing camps mm -hmm. we're hanging out um we were yeah we had, get to know each other a little bit more yeah and then we and then we decided to do like a real ep yeah and i remember that's when i then i was like dude i've been hanging out with this guy aiden 
Yeah. He's he's really talented. Um we should see if if he'd be down to to yeah. um to do the project with us. Yeah, well, your your whole group uh from your church, like almost everybody was there in those yeah. sessions. Yeah. Because we were doing gang vocals and almost yes. everybody was involved in the writing and like everybody would chime in and everybody was kind of equals, yeah. which was cool. But um yeah, we met through that and then Troy and I were doing a lot of sync music at that yes, time. Yeah. Music for uh, TV commercials and just trying to create little, some of them were like kind of jingles. Some, yes, of, them yeah, were, yeah, some yeah. of them were songs yeah. and stuff like that. We were spending a lot of time doing that. And I think you were over at Studio B while I was working on that, or maybe you were like helping me with a sync song yeah, or something. I think you were you were doing it and I was just like adding whatever little yeah, things. Maybe you were playing guitar on yeah. something. But then you were like, hey, I'm, I'm working on this new worship project. Uh, it's also with with our church. Um, would you would you want to do it? Yeah. And that's that's kind of when our whole relationship. Yes. Got yeah it. yeah got deeper. Which 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 was really cool. I really loved because it was like, um, I felt like we were both. You were like really stepping into like becoming um, a mix. You know, because I, I was like I was looking at you as more like someone who could like really mix and engineer and also like help with a little, you did help a lot with like production, just like yeah. the ideas. And then just like, so I, I, I like needed someone like that. We needed someone like that, but also like, it was also us like trying to figure out what we wanted to do and say and be. So it was like, I kind of right. felt like we were both like in the, in the same pool. Yes. At the same time, you yes. know, kind of like, I mean, we knew how to swim, but we're learning how to like, maybe just in a deeper area, you know? Well, Honestly, one thing that I love about us is that I, if I listen back to that record, I I can drastically hear both of our like drastic improvements. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah. Because I was just learning uh, well, how to produce and mix. Yeah, like Troy was just teaching me, and you you kind of threw me in the deep end too. Like, hey, let's let's produce a record. Yeah, you know, and I was I was I was really like learning how to really produce. Yeah, on my own and like because. Anton and everyone was like, "Hey, you produce it. Like, right? We'll do what you need." But it's like you, you make the demos. Yeah, you get the people together. You figure out like how the songs are gonna go. You exactly. Know, and all. So it was like it was like that. It was like us, like you know, like first. I don't want to say for freshman. You know, like yeah, freshman totally. year. You know. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. Well, yeah. That the whole record, you would come in with like most of the track, yeah. and then you just give me most of the track, and we would kind of do the finishing touches yeah. and add some more things here um but we you would also help a lot with like okay like tweak this lyric or like sure yeah even like doing a little bit of vocal producing of like you could sing this better or yeah. like yeah um, record all the vocals. or like yeah. even playing piano like you helped with like you know adding some a lot of stuff like that so that, totally i really like that was one of those things where like a lot of your hats came in came in handy yes <laughs> but at the end of the day like you were mixing Yes. A everything, you know. Yeah. At the end of the day, I was still mostly the finisher mm -hmm. of the record. Yeah. But you yeah. were you were the starter. Yeah, I was the starter and then you were there in the middle. Yes. And then I would hand it off to you at the at the very end. Yes. But yeah. And I, then in that middle was a very collaborative process. You yes. were you were always in the room with two other people at least. Yeah. Mostly it was like Bobby, you, me, Bobby, yeah. Sometimes Tim, Ali, yeah. Dana, wh whoever yeah. was extra. But it was yeah. like I felt like it was always you and me. And then, mo for the most part, too, Bobby too was there for a yes. lot of it. Yeah. Yes, yes, because he also like had a lot of good, 
yep. um, skills and stuff. And, yep, and he's and songwriting and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah, but yeah, we did that one, and then we did. So the first one was the um, the commonplace EP. Yes. Um, and then the original, like room at the table. Yes. Um, treasure, all that stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was fun. Dude, I listened to it and I was like, it it's I really like I, I think it sounds good, yeah. but it sounds young. You it know, sounds which I young. which I like, which is like, but we were we were young in exactly. a sense. Like we were figuring out it's fresh new record. You know? <laughs> and exactly. So it's like it's one of those things where like, oh yeah, I see how I've grown, but this still has legs, you know? Oh yeah, yeah totally. It's and I, I love that because I, I was even listening it came up on like a shuffle the yeah, other day yeah. and I was like, uh what what, what song was it? I think it was, uh, the door is always open. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Open and, door, I think you guys called it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that, I was like, dude, this is cool. Like, yeah. You know, like, again, you look at it hindsight, and you're like, I would have done this and this now. But like, yeah. for, for what it was and what we did, it's like, I felt like it was like, it was, it was good. Yeah. And I, and I think it probably sounds young because you guys said, oh, we want to keep this kind of like worship pop yes, kind yes. of vibe. Yeah. Totally. And then next record, we were like, no pop. Yes. It was all yeah. R&B. Yeah, we wanted to go more R&B, more soul. Yes. More like uh yeah, more like groove kind of yeah. bass stuff, which which was cool because again, that felt way more like you guys. It, way, it felt more like us, but also um it was more like organic to like what we were in tune to. But I but again, because you and I, and of course you just have a, a, a good musical taste. You were able to like, okay, I know, I know exactly what reference Andres is talking about. I know right. exactly what, you know, like if we're like, let's referencing John Mayer or like we're referencing, um, Frank Ocean or whatever yeah. it may be, or like, you were like, okay, I know exactly what reference. So every, everything I would like throw to you, I'm like, right. Hey, I kind of, I want this song to like sound like this. You're like, okay, I know, I know, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Like, I know this song, you know? And I understood it yeah. because I liked it. Yes. Yeah. There's another mixing tip for anybody. Like, for any artist or producer, definitely hire a mixer that understands you. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. if you're a pop producer and you're hiring some rock mixer, they're probably not going to understand it as good as somebody who mixes pop every day. Yeah. So, that for, makes for sense. me and you, we both yeah. love R&B. We both love the same artists. So we had more of a mutual understanding without even talking about it. Yes, exactly. With, yeah, we both yeah. understood the the source and the reference. Exactly. Sonically what it wanted to be. And, and that was really fun because I felt like that was where we knew like how we worked. We also knew what to improve on. Yeah. You had definitely like grown in your skills. I had like figured out more of like what I wanted to say and what I wanted to do. And, and I felt like they're like, we really like, like that's something where I feel like I listen to them like, okay, this sounds like I listen to that now. And I'm like, okay, no, this is like, this is cool. You know, I'm like, I'm like proud of it. You know what it says? I'm not like, Oh yeah. If you listen to it, like it's cool and it's young, but like, this is something like, Oh yeah, this is like something I can like show off in a sense. And like, yeah, it definitely lives. Yeah. And it was like, the project was more, um, organic but it was also more cohesive yes in terms of just the storytelling of it the sound of it the textures of it and i felt like you did a really good job of like of keeping that in check sure the cohesiveness of it yeah you know yeah i'm I'm a big fan of cohesion on a record yeah so it didn't feel like a mixtape it felt like a you know like a a project yeah yeah with more of a theme and yeah you know all all this 
there's kind of a sonic theme too. Everything's a little darker, a little more groovier, a little more focused on. Yes, the, exactly. Yeah. On, on the rhythm, on the syncopation, the rhythm, exactly. on the groove. Yeah. And that was, that was really fun. I, I felt like, and I felt like that's where like, I don't, I don't know. Like I've always like been um, attracted to like relation, musical relationships that have like evolved and grown and still stayed like continuous throughout the different iterations of projects. So like, yeah. again, my hero is John Mayer and um, John Mayer's engineer is um, man. I'm so bad with names. Well, honestly, uh, John has hired almost everybody, but his main person has been either Manny Merrickman or Spike Stent. Uh, there's another guy. Who, and I, I don't think not, not mixing. Sorry. Oh. Just like engineer, engineer oh. like in the room with him. Mm. Um, his name is uh, Chad Franiscoviak. Oh, see, yes. I didn't even know that. And he's his, he's his like recording engineer. Like, yeah, I, I don't think he does uh, honestly a lot of his mixing. No, like, no he's no. like in the room with him when he's recording the ideas right. and getting it. And he's been with him since Room for Squares exactly. to the end. And exactly. I love that. And like, you know, he was there with recording with um, Continuum, and he has a Grammy for that. You know, just like stuff like that. So it's like, yeah, I love those like connections of like people who understand you they they go with you on the journey and like you, mm -hmm. you guys go on this journey together even if it's like there's other things happening around there's still like this like connectedness you know which yeah. i feel like that i mean that's why we're here in la right hanging out and chatting about this stuff it's like you know we've still that, been able to maintain yeah and that kind of for me that that goes back to my process of elimination because i knew that people who are tracking engineers every single day they kind of end up if they just choose recording and tracking that's yeah. their thing. I'll, they kind of end up like like John's engineer. Yeah, like Chad. Yeah, yeah. They yeah. just work with this one artist, and they probably get a salary or something. And yeah. <laughs> it's probably a great salary yeah. if you're with John or something. But they they know they're probably super tight, super close. And Chad probably knows exactly what John wants. Yes. And when he has an idea, Chad is the probably the fastest person to get the, the mic up yes, or get the yeah. guitar plugged in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Get yeah. the amp mic'd up. Yeah. Like that's a that's his job. And he probably knows John better than he knows himself. You know? <laughs> yes. But it but it's like at the same time it's like again, your role is completely different from that. But again, like the connectedness of that I think is cool because it's yes. like but also like Yes, I appreciate that, but, but you also I knew have, I didn't want to do that. Yeah. You also yeah. you have a way bigger pond that you are you know, you're jumping into in terms of like yeah. being a mixer and an engineer of that. Um, yeah. But I think it's cool like to like, but you see like, uh, it's like, you know, like certain producers and stuff like Don Wass, you know, I'm going back yeah. to John Mayer. Don Wass is like, he produced a couple of songs for Mayer and then Mayer's like, hey, I want you for the next project and the next project. And it's like, mm. and Don Wass has done things with, you know, Bob Dylan, you know? Oh yeah. Like, so it's like, I love that. I love when you see people who are like, continuing on the journey not that they're every step of the way but there's still there's still a, a uh a tie or like a thread between you know uh musician and producer engineer and this mixer and artist you know i love i love seeing that when you see like you look at the credits you're like oh yeah these people are still like in the in in some you know yeah in the circle in some way or like or they're still part of the yeah the, yeah the, i i love you know, seeing that too yeah. where you see an artist and 
throughout different records, you see the same personnel. Yes, yeah. And there's cohesion and there's yeah. relationship building. And, yeah. yeah, which I, I love that because I feel like with you, it's like, again, that's why I always like call you up because it's like, you know, you know, the taste, you know, the sound and it's like easy. So it's like, mm-hmm. I always appreciate that about you, man. So it's yeah. Like, yeah, thank you. So, but um, yeah, so we did that. And then also recently we've been doing um, my cousin, Sarah, mm-hmm. she's been recording and that process has been happening. You've been able to mix that mm-hmm. and that's come out really good again. Cause it's like, you know, like I, I when I was sending um the stuff to, to Sarah, sorry, when I sent you the stuff that I was working with Sarah, you're like, dude, it's like, here we go with that, that Latin pop thing, you know, exactly, or, like, yeah. or like, you knew exactly kind of like where I was at. Or, Cause yep. you, like, I've seen this, I've seen this before like yes. in the different iteration stuff. Yes. Well, so. one thing in case uh, nobody knows, but Andy is one of the best uh, splice, uh, <laughs> yes. splice loop choosers. If that's, if that's something yeah. you can call somebody, but, uh, like when, it, whenever I see a loop that I'm like, okay, I know that that's from splice, Yeah. but it's kind of like, I feel like you kind of build songs and like very carefully choose what loops like go with, with each yes. other yeah. and build your, the original, you know, stuff that you record on top of it. Like, yeah. Like based I, around I, that. I've, I've gotten again. Yeah. Good. Which was actually something that I started doing when working on that first EP. Yeah. Like that's like kind of like when I got splice and I was like, Oh, I can build songs around this. I can take this part and add this part and put this other part in it. And it can be something new and different. Yes. Yeah, Those so. who don't know splice is just <laughs> a website where you can, uh, you can download like, loops yes loops. Of, yeah just A- anything loop, musical loops of any kind A- of any kind and yeah. they're, they're yours to use and build royalty free d- dissect yes. take apart put together whatever yes so i've always i've i've really gotten into that recently if yeah. the last couple of years but yeah and you you probably had to realize that like if you want to produce a whole song you're gonna need all the pieces yes so you're exactly. a guitar player you got that in check uh you probably got a bass laying around so you got that in check yeah. but drums you gotta yeah find yeah you know, exactly and curate I, and if i don't have time or there's not budget to like bring a drummer in it's yeah. like you know then you got to make do with what you have and exactly. figure that out but yeah that's that's always been good but thanks man i appreciate that <laughs> <laughs> you notice that yeah and i love that you notice that because you yes. know you know the thing inside of the thing. Yes, you well, know, I can they're... see your file name. Yes, <laughs> yes, exactly. You can see the, the SO underscore uh, yeah, yeah. wavy wavy groove for... Yep, 96 BPM. <laughs> yes. Yep, A flat minor. Yeah. But yeah, man, I, I think that's been fun. And I'm excited for like just continuation of like, you know, having you a part of my, my musical and, you know, real friendship and journey. And and I'm excited again to see you you grow yeah, yeah, and what you've grown so far. But so, why don't you tell me what you've been, um, what you've been up to now with music? Um, maybe from yeah. from your decision to move to LA and kind of, yeah. Well, Ford again via Troy. Yeah, um, he told me the whole time I was interning. He told me that he had lived in LA for ten years, and that's how he got his foundation in music from touring around the world playing keyboards for people and getting into producing after that um and he was like dude if you really want to do this portland's not the best place to grow (laughs) as a musician and make a living doing this so your choices are really la or nashville because new york is too expensive yeah and (laughs) 
<laughs> LA is expensive, and yeah, <laughs> New York is cold, but it's just un- stupidly expensive. Uh, um, so it's LA or Nashville, and I went to Nashville with him. Nashville is cool, and it's got its own vibe, but LA is kind of the hub for pretty much all types of music except country. Yes, yeah. Um, so uh, yeah, I quickly chose LA because. I met some of his friends who live here, and I knew if I moved down here, I would at least have some people to call. Yeah. Um, so, but he told me that the whole time I was interning, and then fast forward two or three years after I'd just been working um, a church audio job, um, I made the jump. Yeah. And didn't really, <laughs> I didn't really choose the best time <laughs> because COVID happened. Yes. The but middle of it. But. Really, the middle of it, and especially in L.A., where they're serious about it. Yeah. Uh, Portland was felt pretty lax the whole time. Yeah, um, totally. And, and, of course, P- Portland's small, yeah. so you don't feel the weight of it as much as right. you yeah. do here. Yeah. And so, here they're strict. Here they're strict, yeah. yeah. When I moved, there was no outdoor dining. Stop. Yeah. You, if anybody doesn't live in a big city, that might have never happened, but they shut yeah. down even outdoor dining. It was to-go wow. only every single restaurant. So... When I got here, I just kind of moved and then just tried to call people who were willing to hang out, yeah. you know, with masks on and stuff like that. But, um, yeah, I moved and I didn't really look back. And honestly, I was I was pretty scared. Yeah. Like, I'd, <laughs> I've never moved cities before. <laughs> Moving from Newburgh to Portland was very easy because <laughs> yes, I was still yeah. close to home. Um, my parents were still around and um, I lived with all my best friends. So yeah. never felt alone. I always lived through college. And um, when I moved back out of my parents' house, I, I was with my friends. So yeah, moving to LA, I, I lived with strangers and I just took the leap and yeah. just tried to piece together an income. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I quickly found some gigs that and, and again, that's kind of what you what you get for yeah. moving to LA. You you have more opportunity here, so um, there's there's just more to more to like um, more to take, I guess, from from friends, mm-hmm. you know, who who know you and trust you, and because that's all what the music industry is. It's yeah. word of mouth. People um, people um, like recommending you. Yes, um, yeah. And saying how, how big has networking and connection been for you? It's here? been the only thing. Yeah. Okay. Like yeah. I I think people might see like something online like oh man if I had a website and I like draw drew some traffic to it or if on my social media, my Instagram was like looked great. Yeah. <laughs> and you know, I had a I had a website people could go to and you know, I had all my information there like seriously, none of that stuff works. Yeah. If I look on my, like, my hard drives and I look at every session I've done, none of them are from a stranger. Yeah. They're all, I can point back to the mutual friend mm-hmm. who got me the gig. Yeah. So, I and I, I thought that maybe I could try some online platform, some social media, you know, some sort of voodoo magic to <laughs> yeah, just yeah. grab clients yeah, exactly. yeah. from the ether of the yeah. internet. And I, I think the higher you get, the more random calls that you get mm-hmm. because, you know, but that's also kind of networking 
in and of itself because people will listen to music that you've done. Yes. And then get up. And then if you have a place where they can yeah, exactly. connect with that. Exactly. That's but that, that's is. still based on the music yeah. that you do. Yeah. It's not based on, oh, I just found this random person. Yeah. And then they all have these great clients. Like, even if you have a, an amazing clientele and an amazing credit list, it's it's hardly like some random person is going to call you up. Like, yeah. even like the big mixers that like management knows each other or this artist mm -hmm. has worked with that manager or yeah. these two artists know each other. Like it's, it's still hardly some yeah. random connection. It's yeah. usually friends of friends. Exactly. So. And also, and also, especially with music, it's like that connection. And also like the product that you put out is your calling card. Exactly. You know? So it's like, yeah, the music you that you that, make is your resume. And I, and I, that's the one thing I do love about music in a sense. It's like, yes, we can, like you said, we can talk about like social media and all that stuff. It's like, Right. That plays a part, but at the end of the day, it's like the thing that you are, you know, sweating over or like passionate about that you pour hours into your skill and time and energy into making this, this piece of art. At the end of the day, that speaks volumes, you know? Right. Because someone can know you and if they, they can tie that to the piece of art that they connect with, that's, that's really all you need. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I feel like. I don't know if this is um, super on topic, but like the, the, like, I, I feel like a lot of my, like being able to live here is being like, especially for mixers and producers, you kind of get your feet under you, like with actually a very small amount of people. Mm. Like, mm. A mixer that I like, even the, the guy I work for, James. Yeah, I I could say anywhere from four to six, four to eight producers call him over and over and over wow. again. So and he's he's built like a very strong connection with these few producers who that he's done great work for them, and they will continue to rehire him. Yeah. And of course, there's you know different projects from here and there. Like, oh, I heard your record, yeah, uh, yeah, for this, and that's great. But honestly, the bulk of his work and a lot of mixers' work comes from a small number of people. So wow. that's that's kind of a good cue to like really just always do your best. Yeah, always do your best work, even for your friends, no matter what money you're making. That's dude. And like preach. <laughs> Yeah, just it's that really qu quality over quantity exactly. in a real in a real way in a real world. Exactly. Way. Yes. Yeah. Actually, a project I'm working on right now, I'm not getting paid as much as I would like to. Yeah. But I like the music. Um, the the artist and the producer are really easy to work with, and yeah. they really like what I do. So, Dude. you know, if if they're that for me, like yeah. if they continue to rehire me, and if they like got an friends, investment, yeah, and then yeah. they're gonna people are gonna refer you, or if they get a bigger opportunity that exactly bring you along and stuff yeah so. yeah if this record like pops off for some reason then that You're could like, be yeah. my kind of catapult yeah. you never know that's the thing yeah that's, that's a good that's a good way to put it so what what else have you been up to be again besides just mixing working connecting networking yeah how, how, what about this um opportunity to to mix with um james right yeah yeah so i met him like almost a month 
after I moved. Oh, wow. Um, which was really fast. <laughs> I'm really grateful for that. But I was his intern yeah. for almost a year. So I was just, I would go over to a studio um, in Hollywood and I would just sit beside him and I would watch him work. And I learned a lot just by watching him make decisions and what he didn't do, what he did do, what yeah. he what he worked on, what he, um, like, the, th- the things that he was thinking about as he was making mm-hmm. his mixing moves. And, um, and of course, if you're an intern, you know, you might clean a toilet here and there. You might, yeah. <laughs> you yeah. might do coffee runs. You might do, hey, go get our lunch order yeah. or something like that. Um, that's, that's luckily, that's kind of dying these days. Yeah. Like the studio runner. Yeah, yeah, they yeah. still exist, but you know there are Not laws like in place yeah. now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> to where if you're, dude, that's how the great started. I mean, exactly. Yeah, P Diddy, all these people. It's like, oh yeah, they were all the runners. They got coffee, clean, you know, did all the stuff you just yeah. mentioned. But yeah, yeah. Well, I would say if you're completely unwilling to do something like that then music might not be yeah, for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. If you're, you... if you're unwilling to m- make no money and just pursue what <laughs> you just... love doing, then music might not be for you. Yeah, exactly. But um, but no, I I would I didn't do a whole lot of that, but I, I mostly just sat beside him and he eventually, he would ask me to do certain things like, hey, could you organize my files? Could you... Um, archive my hard drive directory could you um could you prep this session like yeah they kind of grew to where he trusted me with more things and then like i can like start mixes for him i can prep sessions for him i can print stems after um so i can basically be his assistant now yeah um but of course that was kind of gradual of him knowing that i could handle it exactly and that this is what i want to do and um and you're so, putting yeah. in the time and energy and effort. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um, Dude, that's so cool. Dude, I feel like you're such a good example, like through your whole story of like someone who just like has a desire, shows up, keeps showing up to whatever opportunities in front of you and like being consistent in that. And that's led you to like always the next thing, you know? Right. Like, from well that's how it works from yeah and that, that's the thing it's like you went to school for business but it's like you're making a career in music mm-hmm. not based on the education you've invested in but because you've put all your time and energy and focus into building relationships and networks and showing up and like you know right and and being consistent in that and i love that because that just shows like that's like really like what you what you need to get your foot in the door. I remember Troy always said something that I thought was really cool. He's like, the the um the most common the most common denominator in the music industry is not is not um people think it's like um all this other stuff. And like you may think talent is the most common denominator, but actually the lowest common denominator in the music industry is hard, is hard work. Yes. A hundred percent. And I love that he said it like it doesn't matter how talented you are doesn't matter what you do if you're not willing to put the hard work in you won't get anywhere and that's actually the that's actually the thing that is most uncommon with the people who are willing to make it in the music industry yes i remember him saying that clear as day okay and i was like dude yeah. that's so true yes yes yeah well he's right yeah the lowest common denominator in the music 
I think he said it like this: the lowest common denominator in the music industry is hard work. Yes, something something along that. I remember. That yeah, the Thursday. thing the thing that actually holds up what people make music and like yeah. how people meet and yeah. create the best music like is hard work. Hard work and consistency. Yeah. yeah. Yes. But that 100%. is hard work. Consistency is hard work. So I think I don't think that. Yes. I think that's like exactly. <laughs> yeah, it's hard well, to show up at the every day. Yeah. And you yeah, know. and and for me like like i've always heard from troy and from james now that i like i i gravitate towards mixing i understand it pretty well and you know i have a, a like a talent for it yeah but that that cannot get me to where people are going to trust me with going through the trenches of making a record and actually understanding what an artist wants and actually getting to the finish line and like and for me i feel like hard work as a mixer is improving like mm-hmm. a lot like finding out how to improve is has been a like a lot about a lot of what i think about and a lot of yes. what i try and like um a lot of what i try to put my effort yeah in so like yeah exactly what you said like people meet via mutual friend and they trust you to some degree but if you're me and you're kind of like still coming up there's hard work yeah if yeah. you don't have hard work and you're like just talented like you can't that, skate that can only by get on you, that yeah yeah you, yeah you can't get skate by on it people are probably aren't going to like you <laughs> yes people aren't going to want to work with you again yeah like even if you turn out a good mix or something be like yeah, he kind of thought he was all that, or yeah. like he wasn't willing to work with us on our notes yeah. or something like that. So, yeah, finding finding space to work with people and um, like improve together and yeah. be open to like what people have to say yes. about your mixes, uh, and also yeah. like facing criticism. Yeah, like James has told me, my mixes suck. <laughs> <laughs> He has told like yes. not. He told me that one time, but but hey, that's he, you're, yeah. You're he's not saying get that. anywhere. It's like that. It's like you say that because you care and you want the person to grow, and that's how you. That's how you learn. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah even if it's a you know straight up like that. Yeah, it's like hey, this is not good. Yeah, yeah. this is not good. <laughs> yeah, you just have to face it, and you have to learn why. Yeah, and I went back on that mix, and I and I found out where he didn't like, and um why i kind of made that decision and yeah you move on and you learn from it that's how you grow yeah i love that man that's that's so that's so true and that's so good and i feel like that's a good reminder for people you know just like where they're at and where they want to go mm-hmm. at the end of the day it's like hard work consistency and you're right like that fight like you said like that fire to, mm-hmm. to to grow that fire to like yeah. become better that fire to know that like there's more yeah you know yeah and I I honestly I've learned a lot about that from James about hard work and professionalism. Yeah. Like <clears throat> sort of how to um put in what you need to put in for a record yeah. Yeah. and when to like how to know how to keep going and how to actually get to the finish line where this is your best work yes. and this is what the artist wants and this is you've taken it all the way there. Yeah. That's good. that's the hard work as a mixer. That's good. Is and, and yeah. also I like what you said earlier about just like doing that across the board. If right. if it's like your friends, you know, yeah, your friends local band 
or exactly x y and z like or somebody on a label your yeah. work will will take you farther because of what you put in and exactly. again now we live in a day and age where anything could pop off exactly like yeah. freaking tiktok something dumb can Dude. like become huge so you want that you want it to be like good you know exactly yeah yeah you never know you never know like yeah i honestly want your hero john mayer i remember you've probably seen this he he was speaking at berkeley i think maybe yeah um and did he have his his head shaved Ooh, yeah okay I, yeah i think it was he berkeley. did yes yes uh, <laughs> Yeah, you know the lore. (laughs) But um, I specifically remember him saying, like, he he did not think that his song Daughters was going to take off. He was like, that was like bottom of the barrel for me. That was like, that's like track nine. You know, I I really liked, you know, what, like plenty of other songs on that record. Mm -hmm. So that goes to show you know that was one of his biggest songs ever you you just never know you you never know and you never know what's in the gonna music pop industry, off. yeah yeah it, it's funny it's funny you said it because it's like um sorry oh talking about that song it's like that was the bottom of the barrel song and like even more so like he had like this blues more bluesier um rendition of it oh yeah that was more that had electric guitar and you know drums and bass and the producer was like hey what if we do this at, like an acoustic thing and he's like, ah, oh, I don't want to do the acoustic <laughs> thing. I, that's all I do. I don't want to get known for that. And you guys like, dude, just trust me. And so he did it like kind of like, you know, he did it, of course, because he, he, as best as he his ability, you know, like he put mm-hmm. his all into it. But he was like, he's like, deep down, I didn't want to do it that way. And right. I didn't want to do it that song. Right. You know, not only that, exactly. that way, but the version of it. Exactly. And that, again, that ended up winning him like two or three Grammys or something. Like oh, that. yeah. <laughs> yeah. That year. Yeah. And then. But yeah. that also set up the stage so that later he could do what he really wanted. Right. But that's the thing. Like, that's a good thing. Well, hey, man. Thanks for this conversation. This is great. Yeah. You know? No problem. And, it was fun. Um, I'm excited that we could talk shop. We could talk friendship. We could talk philosophical, musical ideas and um, i can talk all day about that <laughs> i'm yeah. excited for us to keep working but i'm even more excited to see where you're gonna go and where yeah. your career takes you, too, you man. and what you are growing into and what the future holds for you man because you yeah. are talented you i consider you a friend and um i also know that you um have a lot to give and and i'm i know we'll be hearing a lot more of your name so i'm excited for that Thank you. I appreciate it. You too, man. Thank you. Appreciate it. All right. Well, this is uh, Friends Music or Nothing, a podcast about uh, my journey as a musician and the friendships I made along the way. Music is amazing. Music is beautiful. And remember that music at the end of the day is hard work. And put that in, be consistent, and you'll see amazing things happen. Right, Aiden? Amen. Come on. Let's go. All right. Take care, guys. Bye. See ya. (laughs)